Thank you, sister. Good morning, family. I love it. Elam International Family Church. Church is a family. Church is not like family. We are family. Eternal family. Real family. Actually, we are siblings. I would encourage you, if you didn't hear the message last week, get it and listen to it. Pastor Gabby, God bless you. The message spoke to me. It ministered to me. It broke me. It inspired me. The Word of God is truly living and active. Powerful than any double-edged sword. Able to cut through judging the thoughts and attitudes of hearts and minds. And the Word did that for me. So, I believe last week, Pastor Gabby made three real important points. It was submission, testifying, and prayer. And so as we continue talking about the fire, and the fire represents the Holy Spirit. We know that all throughout Scripture. The fire that is burning within us is literally the Holy Spirit. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. One of the scriptures Pastor Gabby used was from Timothy. We were told to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. The gift of God. The Bible says the gift of God is this. It is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gift of God is eternal life. The Bible uses the word zoe. That means the life of Christ alive in me, me alive in the life of Christ. Eternal life is not just living forever. Eternal life is now. It's the life of Christ alive in me now. In fact, the, the real Christian life, it's not you and I trying to do better, try harder, get better like, like a life makeover. No. I died and my life is now hidden in Christ. Right? Before I came to Christ, the Bible says I was dead in my sin. I was spiritually dead, no life, no heartbeat at all, without hope, the Bible says. But when I came to Christ, I came alive. I got a new spirit. I was literally born again. The Bible says, do you not know your body is now, not like before, now it is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God. So what is the gift of God? It's the fire of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God living in me. My life is not my own. I've been bought at a price. And now to fan that flame, right, I seek to honor God with my body, with my life. Another scripture Pastor Gabby used was, was Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that we in, in now in light of God's mercy... We are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. This is your true spiritual act of worship. Holy, pleasing, acceptable to God. So today, I believe God wants to show us something. What does this look like? How, how, how do we actually fan the flame? And what does this flame look like? The fire of God. The Holy Spirit of God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, what does it look like? There's a lot, right now there are two topics if you look at Christian books that are being written, the two topics that are written about the most are leadership. That one by far exceeds all others. Secondly, is the Holy Spirit. Lots of books about the Holy Spirit. What is it? How do you get it? How, how does it work in you? What does it look like? Today, we're going to see what it looks like. And I would present to you today that often the most powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The, Holy, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is that this fire burns away the flesh. When that fire burns away the carnal mind and the carnal desires, and now Christ can have his way in me, that's when we see the fire of God displayed. That's when the Holy Spirit is, is manifested in our lives. So I said to you a moment ago, the Christian life is not you and I working, trying, striving. The Christian life is a life of surrender. I'm a sinner and I can't save myself and I see Jesus. He's the Savior, the only Savior. Oh Lord Jesus, save me. 
I receive what you did on the cross, the great exchange. You took my place and you've given me your place. Jesus saved me and I'm saved. Now the life of God, eternal life, boom, has entered me. I received him when I, when I turned to him. I received the life of Christ alive in me. So the Christian life is literally the life that Jesus lived then being lived now by Jesus in and through you and I. Hey, that's amazing. This is the fire we are talking about. You know, sometimes we think if the Holy Spirit fire is present, it has to be loud. It has to be, you know, something uh, very sensational, like some visible supernatural demonstration of some sort. But I remember you referred to Elijah several times in the message. And Elijah was needing to hear from God. And there were very sensational things that took place, right? Earthquakes, thunder, lightning, powerful things were happening. Is it you, God? Is it you, God? Is it you? It but a small whisper. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him in that small whisper, in the place of quiet surrender. Amen? So, are you ready? Hmm. Are, you, are you sure? Are you hungry? Are you ready to eat something? Amen. All right, let's go. The book of Acts. Let's do a short survey in the book of Acts, and then we're going to land in Acts chapter 6 today and look at what does the fire really look like. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. You know, for many years, I, I was calling the book of Acts the actions of the apostles. Like, this is the book that shows how disciples acted. And it shows how disciples are still supposed to act. It is the actions of the disciples. That's what I thought. But my th and is it that? Yes. But my thinking was incomplete. Because the book of Acts is better, better we should say, this is the actions of the Holy Spirit. See, this is how the Holy Spirit moved in and moved through God's people. And the book of Acts now evidences that out. This is how the Holy Spirit acts in surrendered people. Amen? See, Jesus began to do, and Jesus is still doing. Didn't he say greater things than I did? You will do. How and why and when? When the Holy Spirit comes. That's when. So the, this book of Acts is really the actions of the Holy Spirit. And we know the day of Pentecost comes. And there's a visible manifestation. Something like tongues of fire come and land on the disciples. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin speaking in other tongues. That's the part we normally remember the most. But I want to, this is the part that speaks to me in recent days. But the people who were listening heard the message in their own languages. Mm. It's like I spend a lot, most of my time in the north. And it's no different than here. Here, you would ask me, wuti tree. You don't ask me, wukasa tree. You say, wuti tree. What's more important, the speaking or the hearing? Uh -huh. Do you hear tree? Uh, do you hear fra fra? Do you hear it? So the people that were listening to them speaking in tongues, they were hearing the message in their own original heart language. Whether Chinese, Eritrean, fra fra, tree, ga, Arabic, whatever it was, they heard it in their own language. Hey, that amazes me. But then what happens? It says they were cut to the heart by the word of God, by the testimony about Jesus. And they said, oh, brothers, what must we do? And Peter said, repent. I love that. Repentance, I'm an old military man. It literally means about face. See, turn and put your full attention back on God. It, it involves confessing and turning. God, you are right. I am wrong. I agree with you, and I'm moving to your side. That's first-time repentance. Ongoing repentance is, I'm moving back to your side. And we'll talk about that at the end of the message, this ongoing repentance. Repent and be baptized. This baptism means a total identification, to be immersed and to take on the actual color of what you're being immersed in. And it changes you, and you become it. This public identification, baptized. This is not just a private prayer. You go public when you truly come to Jesus. 
Because now we're called to live a life out in the open that puts the life of Jesus on display. That's Holy Spirit-filled living. And they were baptized. 3,000 added to their number that day. Now another amazing thing comes. It gives a full list of 15 different languages that were present and heard the message. 3,000 people go all in that day, born again. <clears throat> then Acts chapter 2 goes that these, these believers were now all together in perfect unity. Loving each other like Jesus loved. Jesus said, I give you one new commandment. Right? One. He didn't give us a list of all this to do. And I love Jesus never leveraged who he was, God in Abad. Though he was equal to God, he never considered equality with God something to be grasped. Instead, he humbled himself, took on the nature of a human being, became a servant, obedient even to death on a cross. This Jesus says, I want you to love one another like I love you. And by this one thing, all men will know you're my disciples. That's the strategy. That's the marching orders. This is family life now. Here's your thing. Love each other like I loved you. Ah, it's amazing. Jesus never leveraged anything except his own example. Just before that, he washed their feet and said, I have set you an example. Do as I've done for you. That's body life. So th these are people, it says that they receive the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're loving each other like Jesus loved. That's fire. That's real fire. And it goes on. And we, we, see, we begin to see story after story of, the, of how the Holy Spirit is acting in and through submitted disciples of Jesus. Amazing stuff is happening. Miraculous things are happening. And then we come to Acts chapter 6. This is, is really where we are going to be today. Most of the time we remember this, we say, ah, this is when the first trouble came into the first church. The first disagreement came. Some people were disappointed and some people were arguing, grumbling and complaining. It happens. It happened then, it happens now. But we overlook something pretty amazing. Look at this. In those days when the number of disciples, I like that. A disciple is a fully devoted student of a master. These are fully devoted followers of Jesus. They're not just church attenders. They're not just program attenders, right? They are disciples. The number was increasing. And two different groups, the Hellenistic Jews among them, complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Don't miss this. By now, we don't know the number of the church, but it's estimated 8,000 minimum, maybe more at this point. And remember, back then, they only counted men. They didn't count women and children. When Jesus fed the 5,000 men, not including women and children, remember? So... There is estimated 8,000 men by this point. How many women and children? But look what they're doing. Daily, they're distributing food. Daily, they're taking care of the needy. Every day. That's an amazing church. Hey, filled with the Holy Spirit church. This one. Okay, now there was some shortfall. Some were, were being overlooked and they were feeling it. So others took up for them. Hey, we have some widows that are suffering. We have to help them. Now, look what happens. So the 12 gathered all the, uh-huh, together. I love that word together, to get there. To get where? To get to the sweet place God has for us. To get there, we go together. He said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. We need to give priority to the word. Why? There is no written New Testament at this point. The apostles are the direct link to Jesus and his teaching. They, if they don't teach it, we don't get it, right? So it's not that they're too big to do it. They've been doing it. They've been doing everything. They're living like Jesus. But the task is now growing too big. And look what they now say. The next one. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. 
These are men who the fi- they've got the fire. They're known. What does that say? They have a reputation. The church has been there long enough that it is a known fact that these people here, mm, wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit, they're known for it. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. See, we will make sure we stay focused. First things first. Now let's go on. Now the proposal pleased the whole group. This is where we really want to look today. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, they give, it gives the list. And they presented the men to the apostles and they laid hands on them and prayed for them. Let's look at that for a minute. Stephen is full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit, right? Fire! And where do they begin their ministry? Serving the needy, the neediest of the needy, right? That's where they go. These are men who have the fire of the Holy Spirit. And where are they? They're bowing their knee. They're washing feet. They're serving widows, right? And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you know they're filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, okay, Stephen is full of faith. How do we know he's full of faith? Like, yes, let me ask you, okay, who has more muscles, my brother or me? Okay, let me see. We can't see. You're looking fine. But who's having more muscles, he or I? Are you sure? Remember, man looks at, at the outside, but God looks at the inside. Okay, move your finger like me. Okay, the number of muscles that are moving his hand, how many are moving his hand and how many are moving my hand? Aha, uh-huh, you've just said something. You see, we have the same amount of muscles. You know, the Bible says each one is given the measure of faith. You have faith. You have faith. I also have faith, but who has more faith? You. Hey. Okay. Well, then I'm more humble than you. <laughs> I'll, show, I'll tell you how humble I am. Uh-huh. So 620 muscles in this body. 620 muscles in this body. Thank you. But there's a difference. Number one, I'm older. I've chopped more food. But also, I've carried more load. You see? I was a soldier. I was a contractor. All those things. So even though I'm now growing old, there's still something there. And, uh, and it's because I've carried load. The muscles I have, they've been worked. And so they expanded, right? Faith without works. Uh-huh. So do I have faith? Do you have faith? Holy, how do I know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit or not? Who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Right? Three in one. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. The Holy Spirit looks like Jesus. Walks, talks, acts like Jesus. If someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, guess who they look like? Right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's not a normal human being. That's Jesus. The the true fruit of the the Holy Spirit, the fire of God working inside me, burning out my flesh. I must decrease. He must increase. I'm being transformed into his image with more and more ever-increasing glory. This kind of thing is Jesus. It's the life of Christ alive in me, me alive in the life of Christ. Stephen is full of faith and the Holy Spirit. How do they know? They know because maybe this is not something new for Stephen. Because he's already known for it. He's already known to be a person who is submitted to Jesus. Surrendered to Jesus. Available to Jesus. Let's go on because we're just getting started. The story of Stephen is amazing. Let the word speak to you today, please. Don't let yourself feel like you're bored. Oh, you you know this one. 
You've seen this one. Today, let God show you something more. Let's go on. So let's go on to the next one. Uh Uh-huh. Listen to this. This is Acts chapter 5. Just before we get introduced to Stephen, we are witnesses of these things. It was referring to all the things Jesus had done and was now doing through the Holy Spirit. So is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So that one speaks to me. So how do I... We sang a song about fill us anew, Lord. Fill me anew. I need that. Sometimes I'm feeling dry, tired, discouraged, burned out. You name it. I shouldn't, but there's still some immaturity in me. There's still too much me in me. The fire of the Holy Spirit, I have not allowed the work of burning away this sinful flesh to continue. There's t- I stop, and I said, that's enough. I'm good for now. I'll take it from here. Are you like me? Mm-hmm. But then, then when the heat comes, ah, then I'm, then I'm crying again. He gives it to those who obey him. Faith proves itself by obedience. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. All right, now let's go on. Now, I love this. So the word of God spread. Stop right there. Now remember, seven men full of wisdom, the Holy Spirit. Stephen is full of faith and the others, and they begin serving the widows. So you would think the next verse will say, and so all the widows got fed. It doesn't say that. Look what that says. Because the the body of Christ, the family, the siblings were now working together, not in competition, but in cooperation. Bam! The word of God spread. Why? Because they were loving each other like Jesus loved us. They had a food program. I don't see the other outreach program listed. I don't hear the evangelistic program listed. I don't, th- I don't hear about the powerful preaching. What I see, Holy Spirit-filled people are loving each other and the word of God spread. The number of disciples, that's the third time we heard that, in Jerusalem increased rapidly. The church is exploding. Why? Because the fire is present. The fire is burning and it's spreading. And it's being passed on and passed on and passed on. The seed I receive is the seed I will sow. And it's passed on. Mm. The love I receive is the love I give. The forgiveness I receive is the forgiveness I give. I'm learning to be a follower of the way. At this point in the scripture, they are called the followers of the way, the way of Jesus. They follow him so closely, people identify them with him. Eventually they say, these are little Christs. They're Christians. Hmm. We lost something today, didn't we? And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Oh, priests, the very ones who said, crucify him. Ah, Priests, those who were in the temple that, that hated Jesus because their followers were going to Jesus. Those priests who paid money for people to falsely accuse Jesus. Those priests were becoming obedient, submitted to the faith. And what was the faith? It was still very simple right here. Jesus is the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. He died a substitutional, sacrificial death. And he traded places. And he rose from the dead. We were there. We saw him. We ate with him. And eternal life is available to you. Forgiveness of sins is available to you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. That is the faith. It's not like here, 2019, where it's somehow gotten complicated when it's supposed to be so beautiful and simple. But we know. Thank God. We know. We have the faith. Look at this. Now, Stephen now, uh, I'll come to this in a moment. Stephen is full of faith and he's expressing his faith and it shows. Amazing things are happening. And he's arrested by the, by the Sanhedrin. The same Sanhedrin who arrested Jesus. The same Sanhedrin who arrested Peter and John. And this same Sanhedrin that is trying to kill and stomp out the name of Jesus. Boom, they arrest Stephen. 
And it says, all who were sitting there looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. But his face was like a face. He didn't look the same. He didn't talk the same. His countenance has changed. He's different. You cannot, cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a born-again disciple, and look the same. You cannot. If I'm still the same, I have to ask the question, am I born again? Have I truly received my, my, Jesus as my Lord, my Savior? Lord is the owner. Hmm. Something I've always noticed about Judas in the scripture. You never see an example that Judas called Jesus Lord. He calls him teacher, master, rabbi. Even in the garden, Jesus says, oh, you betray your master with a kiss. See, Jesus, I mean, Judas never took Jesus as Lord. Because you can't, you don't betray your Lord. But a master or a teacher, you can betray them. Lord is your everything, your God, your creator, your owner, the Lord. When Peter first saw Jesus in action, he, he's, Jesus asked him, put your, go in the deep water and put your net down, right? Peter said, ah, I'm a professional fisherman. I know my work. Hmm, hmm. Master, because you say so, I'll do it. Jesus gave Peter a miraculous catch. At the end, he said, oh, Lord, send me away. I'm a sinful man. You're the Lord. Now I now see who you are, Lord. His face was like that of an angel. So now Stephen gives, he testifies. It is amazing how much time God has given Stephen in the Scripture. Three pages of Scripture. Three pages Stephen lays out the history of God's people, the rebelliousness of God's people. Then he comes to this. Ah, wait, before we go ahead. Yes, this is what happens when people are submitted to Jesus. Peter and John, ordinary unschooled men, and the Sanhedrin took note. They have been with Jesus. See that word, astonished. That means their mouth was open and they couldn't talk. Ah, Nothing I can say, nothing I can do. The, ah, they're like Jesus, you see. They've been with Jesus means they, they look, act, talk, and walk like Jesus. Ah, nothing we can do. So now Stephen gets to this point, and he says, you stiff-necked people. Mm. It's serious. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are so religious, but you are not surrendered to God at all. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. How many of us right now, knowingly or unknowingly, are resisting the Holy Spirit, even quenching the Spirit's fire right now, today, this morning? When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. Hey! How many of you have ever been so angry you are grinding your teeth? Now this was a cultural thing back then, but that was the way you could physic physically demonstrate you are vexed to the highest degree. The next thing that's coming is fighting. You, and then you're gnashing your teeth. You're in anguish. Ah! You, you see it. I want you to see this today because God brought this alive for me recently. I'll just read the scriptures and go past it, right? Sometimes God says, Gary, slow down. Listen to me. Look. Look at, look at my servant. Look at your brother, Stephen. Look at him. I want you to follow his example. Look. See something. This is what God spoke to me recently. See something. But Stephen. Oh, I like that. The next scripture says, but Stephen. How many times you see in scripture the, the human problem, the sin problem, separation from God is laid out, then the scripture says, but God. Oh, I love that. But God. But now in the book of Acts, more and more you start to see, but Paul, but Peter, but Silas, but Stephen. You see, the but tells, mm, something else is coming. See, they were furious. They were gnashing their teeth. But Stephen was different. Remember, his face is shining like the face of an angel. He's filled with love. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you getting the picture? But Stephen, 
full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. People are insulting him. People have set to kill him and, and grinding their teeth now at him. And he does what? He fixes his eyes on the author and finisher of his faith. And he looks, oh, there he is. And he sees, look at this. Stay right there. Stay, he sees Jesus standing. That's amazing because scripture tells us all over the place. After Jesus provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. It is finished. Right when the work, that's how we know the work of salvation and eternal life is provided for because Jesus went and sat down. You don't sit down till the work is finished. Many scriptures, let's go on. Here's just a few. Many scriptures speak about sitting down. Jesus said, from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of, of the mighty God. He, God, exerted all of his strength and majesty when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. You and I are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father right now. Amen? We are seated. We no more have to work. We are seated. We're not working for our salvation. We're saved. But now what's been worked into us, we're now allowing the Holy Spirit to work it out. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. What was worked in is now working out. How about you? How's it working out? Are you working with it? Are you working for it still? Or is it working out? Now that you are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand. It's so amazing that Stephen is, sees Jesus standing. Look, it goes on to say, I see heaven open. He didn't just see it, he proclaimed it. In front of his captors and his haters, his persecutors, he saw it, then he voiced it out. He testified and he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Hey! At this they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices and they all rushed him and dragged him out. Do you see, look at Stephen is looking, Oh, I see Jesus standing. I believe Jesus was standing for Stephen. The Bible says he is up there right now interceding for us. I believe he was standing up saying, you go, son. You go, boy. That's my boy. Look at him go. Uh-huh. That's my boy. He has surrendered to me. He is filled with my Holy Spirit. Look at him. Look at him, dad. Look at him. Woo. That's Stephen. He loves us. Because if you love me, you, you, you'll obey me. Obedience is the fruit of love. Look at dad. Look at that fire. That's fire right there. You go, Stephen. I'm here waiting for you. I'm here cheering for you. Yes, well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Amen? Standing. Jesus sat down. And he sat us down in him. But you don't worry, he's also standing for you. Come on, keep going. Don't give up, don't quit. Keep surrendering. Keep fanning into flame the gift of God that is in you. Who is the gift of God? What is the gift of God? It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, they dragged him out and they began to stone him. Now, the witnesses had to lay their coats at the feet of a man named Saul, who later goes on to become Paul. Now, I, think, uh, I want to thank Sister Janan for lending us some, uh, some things from her house. Thank you very much for that. So, uh, ah, three, I need three brothers. Please, come. Uh, I've read this so many times, but just recently it came alive. Okay, brother, please come. Put, I want you to kneel down right there, face the congregation. Now, this is a stone. Now remember, they began to stone him. What's the purpose of stoning? To kill him. So they're not picking up small stones. They're picking up stones that are large enough 
to crush his body, right? And so I'll, I'll give you an example of how I think it was. And then I want you to continue. You see, so they say, But my smock is in the way. I cannot throw like I want to. So I'd rather remove my smock and I'm putting it at the feet of Saul, who's on site, the authority on site giving his approval so I can do my work well. Now, the scripture goes on to say this. While, let me see that. Where's my man up there? While. While they were stoning him. Okay, I need you to do the while. Start stoning him and keep stoning him. Ah. While they're stoning him. It's not just two. I think it's going. Can you imagine? Okay. Okay, good, good. Okay. Oh. Brother, God forbid, God forbid. Bless you, bless you. Bless you also. I know it's not easy to do that. You love your brother. Ah. While they are stoning him, he prays. He keeps his eyes and his heart and his mind fixed on Jesus. Oh, amen. And he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Ah. Stephen became like Jesus in life. Full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, serving widows. When he's arrested, he's gentle but he speaks the truth about Jesus. You killed the author of life. You need to repent, but you're being like your ancestors, stubborn, stubborn, religious, but not holy, religious, but dead in your sin. He tells them the truth, and they're now killing him, and he sees Jesus standing. Oh, thank you for standing for us, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us, Jesus. Oh, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become his righteousness. He traded places with us. He gave us his righteousness. Right standing with God, that's righteousness. That's simple. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you're seeing something today. Stephen became like Jesus in life full of the Holy Spirit. That's fire. And that fire was fanned into flame. And then he also died like Jesus. Who else can be being you're brutally murdered? The life is being crushed out of you painfully. And you say, oh, forgive them. Right? See, my tendency will say, kill them. They know what they're doing. You know, Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm still not grown yet. I'm still growing in, into who I am in Christ. I'm still learning to live a life of surrender. My flame is still small, but it's growing. How about you? Amen. Look at this. This is in the book of Revelation. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name. Anybody relate with that scripture? Anybody here had to persevere? Endure some hardships for his name. Maybe not you, but some of us. <laughs> I know you have, sister. And you've not grown weary. Remember the scripture says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So let us do good to everyone, especially to the family of believers. Not grown weary. He says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Ah. The love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. I think all of us here who are in Christ, we can relate with that. 
we first came to Christ, there was submission, there was passion, there was love, there was gratitude. My life is not my own. I've been bought at a price. Use me, Jesus. And now some time has gone by, and it's like, hmm, Romans chapter 7 has kicked in. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I'm doing them anyway. Oh, who will save me from this body of death? Remember Paul said that? What a wretch I am. You know, that scripture didn't make sense to me until recently, the body of death. You know, in Paul's day, in the Roman culture, if you murdered someone, they took the corpse of the murdered person and they chained it to the survivor, to the murderer, on the back. They chained the neck, the wrist, the arm, the feet, tightly so it cannot come off. So the murderer has to carry the corpse of the dead person around. It was called the body of death. And then what happens is, as that body decays, the dead body kills the living body, slowly, right? Can you imagine? Are you seeing another mental picture? Paul says, who will save me from this body? I'm still carrying my old man, my old ways, my old thinking. I still have not fully exchanged my thinking for his thinking. One of the scriptures Pastor Gabby used last week, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But we are still in that struggle. We have not yet surrendered it. We're still quenching the fire. Who will save me from this body of death? Then it goes on to say, but I thank my Lord Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God. I, I always say it like this. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not yet how I'm going to be or who I'm even supposed to be. With the goodness God has poured in my life by saving me and calling me to follow him, right? I'm not yet who I could be, but I truly thank God I'm not who I used to be. I'm make, he's still making progress. He's not done with me. He who began the good work in you, he's the one who's faithful to see it to completion. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. What is a lampstand in that day? It's a flame. It's a fire. The fire is what gives the light. If you do not repent, right? I'm moving in a direction. Ah, God, you are right. I'm wrong. I agree with you. I'm moving back to your side. You said, come follow me. I'm back on track. That kind of repentance. Unless you repent, and do, I'll remove that fire, that lampstand. Mm. Last verse for today. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand. Jesus is standing right now. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's intimate fellowship. That's what that is. Intimate fellowship. Intimacy with God is restored like that. The moment we say, God, you're right, I'm wrong, I turn back to you. You're my Lord. I'm sorry. I'm following you now. That's ongoing repentance. You know, that's a key to fanning the flame, to keeping that fire burning. I, I repent now more than I ever did before. Not because I, I'm afraid I'm losing my salvation. I'm secure. Nothing, no one can snatch me from his hand. I didn't do anything to save myself, and I'm not afraid of doing anything to unsave myself. It's Jesus. He did it all. He paid it all. I was saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen? This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fellowship with God. Ah, he, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse me from all my sin. Like the picture he gave the disciples washing their feet. We walk in this world, we get dirt and attitudes and rubbish from the world, and that needs to be washed off. Not the whole body. We're already clean. We just picked up some little bit of dirt, and that dirt needs to go. Amen? So this ongoing, you see... When I first repented, with as much as I knew about God and as much as I knew about my own sin, I gave as much of myself as I could to God. That was my repentance. But now, that was 1990. I came to Christ in a military hospital. 
Now I know a lot more about God. He's holy. I know a lot more about my own sin. Oh, what a wretch I am. And so now I repent more than I ever did before. Oh, God, you're right and I'm wrong. And I'm adjusting my thinking to yours. I'm adjusting my lifestyle to yours. I'm giving you my heart, my mind, my everything. I'm learning to pray less about help me, bless me, protect me, fix me, deliver me, prosper me. And my prayer is, Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's not about me. It's about we. I'm coming to that place. I'm on my way. But I still need help. So I pray you will help me with that. And if you let me in your life, I'll also help you with that. The Holy Spirit will do it. That's when two or more are gathered, right? Mm. I want to uh, end my time and give it over to Pastor Gabby. Thank you for the foundation you laid last week. Oh, it was an amazing message. And I hope that uh, we were able to add something small to that foundation. But I want to give it to Pastor Gabby that he would lead us in a time of response. Because today, let's repent. Let's, God, you're right. I'm wrong. I agree with you. I'm moving back to your side. What I see in the life of Stephen, mm, oh God, help me. Forgive me and restore me to my rightful place of submission. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's just be on our feet. Let's stand up in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just lift up our hands up towards heaven. And you heard the word, and I believe that the Lord has spoken to you. Like I said last week, God's word says that his word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And I believe that I was touched. I was touched. And I believe many of you here today have been touched by the power of God's word. Amen. You've heard me say many times that nothing can transform us. Nothing can touch us. You might do everything in your own power, but nothing can transform you from inside out. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit. In your own words, just begin as the song is gonna, as the worship team will be leading us in the song, Consuming Fire. He is our consuming fire. This fire is from nowhere else, but it's from God. If you've lost the fire, we heard last week that we're called to be keepers of the fire. You are a keeper. You're God's priest. And God is calling you today. Maybe you've quenched that fire. God is calling you today to begin to stir up that fire again. Begin to fan into flame the gifts that you have received. If this is you, just lift up your hands. Just begin to pray. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to just repent and just say to God, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Lord, I've lost the passion. I've lost my time with you. I've lost, I've just lost it all, God. I've lost it. And I know there are many here who have lost in the fire. And Lord, we want to come back to that place where we have that fire. We want to come back to that place where we keep that fire burning. Lord, we don't want it to be only a spark. We want it to be a flame that will blaze. It will blaze and Lord, everyone around us. That fire will touch those around us. Our families will be touched by the fire. Our friends will be touched by, our, by the fire. Our bosses will be touched by the fire. The dark world around us will be touched by the fire of the Holy Ghost. We need that fire. We need that fire. Just lift up your voice and begin to cry out to God. Say, God, I want that fire. I need that fire back. God, I repent. I turn around and I put my eyes back on you. I need that fire. If this is you, just pray out. Pray out to God. Hallelujah. I call on you, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you begin to stir up the fire in our hearts. Begin to stir up the fire in our hearts, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
begin to stir it up in the name of Jesus a life of surrender bring us back oh Lord to a life of prayer bring us back to that place Lord that we will never stop testifying and speaking and preaching and teaching about your about you oh Lord Let's sing it out together. Consuming fire. Consuming fire. up towards heaven. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this amazing time in your presence. We thank you. You're an awesome God, Lord. We're nothing without you. Lord, we we call on you. We need your grace for this journey to be able to accomplish this, accomplish your purpose here on this earth. Lord, let your flame burn in our hearts again. And give us a passion again for your name. And everyone says, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord, let's give the Lord a, a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You know, I, 